Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Isn't it nice to be in the house this morning? Yeah, yeah, I can see God's doing some really cool stuff. And I want to welcome everyone who's joining us online uh, there's a lot of people online with us today and I know that people are getting in touch with us this week saying they're just being cautious about some things as well and so um, they're going to be joining us online so it's awesome to be able to do that as well and uh, we just pray that God's meeting you wherever you are today joining with us and I believe God's got something for everyone today. Um, I just want to take a moment just to honour some people. Who set up all that gear out the front this morning? Who was that? Who? Dan. Clay and Dan. Can we just say thank you? Awesome. So um, you guys obviously get here early. It was all set up, you know, before I get here. And uh, you look fresh too. So I don't know how that works. But thank you. Thank you for just blessing us all so we can go and sit down and have a coffee after church or before church. That's amazing. Thanks, guys. Um, All right, I've got a joke to kick things off today. Are you ready for this? You know if I've got a joke, then it's going to get heavy in the message, right? (laughs) Just a heads up. Okay, here you go. Uh, Several men are in the locker room. There's an oldie but a goodie, okay? If you've heard it before, just laugh. Several men are in the locker room of a golf club. When a mobile phone rings, a man answers the phone and puts it on speaker. Hello? The woman says, hi, honey, it's me. Are you at the club? He says, yes. The woman says, I'm at the shops and I just saw this beautiful leather coat and it's only $2,000. Can I have it? He says, sure. Oh, and I just stopped by at the Lexus dealership and the salesman offered me a really good deal. How much is it? He says, $90,000, she said. Well, if it's that much, then I want all the features, of course. One more thing, she says. I've just finished talking to Sarah and the house I wanted is back on the market. They're asking $2.2 million. The man says, OK, we'll make an offer for $2 million. If they don't take it, offer them the extra 200000 if that's really what you want. She says, thank you so much, honey. I love you. Bye. He says, I love you too. Bye. The man hangs up as everyone in the locker room stares at him in astonishment. He calmly looks around and asks, Does anyone know whose phone this is? (laughs) That's good, hey? All right. Hopefully I've softened you up. Open your Bibles. We're going to get straight into it. Joshua chapter 3. We're going Old Testament today. Who loves the Old Testament? I've been reading through the Old Testament. Man, I love the Old Testament. Joshua chapter 3, starting at the very beginning. We're going to have a good time this morning. Joshua 3 verse 1, it says, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. 
Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. The title of my message today is I'm ready for the next step. And today I wanna talk to you about what it looks like to live ready for what God has next. And so let's pray. Father, we just welcome You this morning. We've had a beautiful time of just worshipping You. In our Holy Spirit, we just welcome You as we come to the Word. We welcome You to come and plant this deep in our hearts. Father, I pray that You just strip everything away this morning, Lord, and that we can hear Your voice. I pray that You can break down things that are standing in the way, Lord, and we can receive what You're calling us to do this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray that in this place, the transforming work of Your Holy Spirit is powerfully at work, Father. Meet with those who are joining us online, Lord. Don't let there be any boundaries to what You're doing this morning, to how You're speaking and to what You're calling people to. We pray this in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. So I want to ask a question, how many people here today would say that you are good? Actually, I'll flip it. How many people would say that you're not good at waiting? Okay, let's, okay, yep, right. How many, all right, come on. How many people here? Yeah, that's good. So, all right, warm up a little bit. Like three minutes for a coffee is just too long, all right? An email reply, like what, how long? 24 hours is too long, right? If, I don't know, the pizza's over half an hour, it's too long, right? We live in this world where we are used to getting things quickly, right? And here we are, we're in this passage. Can you imagine waiting 40 years to get somewhere? Right, Because this is where these people are. If you're parents, that's a lot of are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? 40 years worth, right? That's just banned. You cannot say that. So here we are. And after 40 years in the wilderness, the children of Israel were about to cross the Jordan River into the promised land. They left Egypt as slaves where God had supernaturally displayed His power to free them from Pharaoh. And here they are 40 years later, Moses has died and Joshua has become their new leader and he's about to lead them into the land that God has for them. But there is a crucial step in the process of crossing into what God has for them. And I wanna unpack that today because it's found in Joshua's command to the people in verse five. This is what he says to the Israelites. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Now consecrate is not a word that we use all the time, right? Maybe some really holy people in the room use it regularly. But most of us are not that holy. Consecrate is a bit of a different word for us. What it means to consecrate yourself was to set yourself apart for worship 
and for use by God. And so the setting apart was about separating yourself from anything that was unclean and becoming clean so that nothing could contaminate your relationship with a holy and perfect God. And if you read the book of Leviticus and Numbers, then you'll see that in God's law, He actually states how people could become unclean. And there were all sorts of things. There were things like you could um, eat certain foods, you could touch certain things. Um, dealing with disease could make you unclean. Touching a dead person, uh, even giving birth could make you unclean. And the reason that the Lord established this is because these were all outward signs that God used to illustrate the inward uncleanness of sin. And there was a process to actually getting clean. This word consecration is, is linked, its meaning is linked to this process of washing, bathing yourself to get clean and washing your clothes and putting on clean clothes so that then outwardly, you would appear clean. Now, here we are, we're living after Jesus has come, right? And praise the Lord for that, because God loved us so much, and you need to hear this today, that God loves you so much, that He sent His one and only Son so that He could come and He could live and He could die and be resurrected so that we could be made clean. So a believer is someone who believes in the work of Jesus Christ, particularly the work of the cross and the resurrection that redeems them, that saves them, that makes them clean. And so Jesus has actually come and consecrated those who are followers of Jesus. Are you with me? Now, praise God, all right? This is a good thing because there are all sorts of things that were involved with staying clean. We don't have to go through any purification process anymore. So when we talk about consecration now, the question is, what are we talking about? Jesus has consecrated us. So we have been consecrated through the blood of Jesus Christ. And the Father now sees us as clean because of Jesus so when we talk about consecration, what are we talking about? Well, now we are talking about living a life of holiness and purity and chasing after the things of God. So it doesn't stop when you just come to the Lord and you believe in Him. That may be your moment or your point or your journey of salvation. But then God calls us into a process of transformation. And that process is actually a process of submission where we release our lives and we place them before the Lord and we release the ways that we want to live that may be opposing to how God calls us to live and we live the way that God actually calls us to. And here's why I want you to hear this today, and this is why I believe that God has stirred this up in my heart this week, is because there are so many followers of Jesus who actually just followed Him to the point of salvation. 
And it's like you've got your golden ticket to get into the pearly gates. But the Father has this whole life of consecration that He's calling each one of us to. And the reason He calls us to that life is because He wants us to know the fullness of what He has for us. He wants us to experience not just the salvation which is coming, but life and life in its fullness now and for eternity. Okay? And so we have to really try and fight this simple kind of minded theology is that I am a follower of Jesus simply because there was a time where I put my hand up and I said, yes, I'm going to pray this prayer today. Because that is not a follower of Jesus. And so I want to unpack this a little more. Joshua gives this command to people to consecrate themselves with this promise that's coming. Tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And so the call is to consecration. And so the question is, why would I consecrate myself? This side of the cross, why would I consecrate myself? The reason I consecrate myself is because I wanna be in the presence of the Father. The reason I live in consecration is because I desire to be close to God. This was David's prayer in Psalm 27. He said, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek His temple. Now, I know that consecration, it can sound like a hardcore word, right? And it's easy, it's easy for us to think, well, you know, this is David, like he was amazing, right? And he's expressing his heart right here. This is, this is some stuff that's coming out of his heart. It's expressed in the Psalms, written down and recorded for us. Um, like, the, like, what, was he a normal dude? Like, if we're going to be consecrated, like, do I still get to surf, Right? The Father still has a life for us to live, okay? And joy is going to be a mark of the life that the Lord calls us to. Living consecrated does not mean that I have to be face down on the floor all of my days. And this is not what David was saying. But living consecrated is the expression of his heart. This was David's expression. This was his heart. And so here we are and we're consecrated because of Jesus. Jesus makes it possible for me to be consecrated, which means I can stand in the presence of God. This is what Hebrews 4 is all about. It says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Now, if I am not worthy to approach God's throne, then the result is death, okay? If we're talking about how kings operated. But here it says, let us approach God's throne with, of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So if I desire, if I value God's presence, if I wanna know the Father, if I desire a relationship with God, then I seek to live consecrated to Him. And I know, okay, this might, this might sound heavy, right? 
But I also know that it's easy, right? It's easy for it's easy for us to turn up to church, you know, on a Sunday and to look like saints. And we put on, I don't know, a holy face, right? I don't know what that looks like. Maybe look at Mark Haddon if you want to see a, a holy face. But what I'm saying is it's easy to come and on the outward look like we're living for the Lord, but on the inside, our heart is far from Him. There's little consecration actually taking place there. This can be the reality for many of us. And the the truth is that God actually wants so much more for us. And so I have to submit to God's Word and God's will to be able to live this way. And it will actually mean, if you're wondering, well, what does this look like? Here's what it looks like. It means that godly character and integrity will actually be important to me. It will mean that I actually, with the help of the Holy Spirit, there will be times where I will challenge myself and I will see, hey, there is something that's not good in my heart here. And Father, I need help to actually uproot this, to get this out because I want to be in relationship with you. Psalm uh, 139, David said this, he said, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So there is this openness to actually say, Father, come and show me these things. Reveal these things to me. And Jesus put it this way in Matthew 6. He said this, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. What was He talking about? What's the context of this? The things that He's talking about is God's provision. He's saying, put me first. Bring your heart to me and then I will provide what you actually need. So what does it look like to personally be and live consecrated to the Lord? Here's some questions I have for you. Are there unclean things that you need to leave on the other side of the river so that you can walk into the fullness of God this year? And I have a feeling that when I use that language about unclean, that you already probably know what those things are. Do they need to get dropped? Do they need to get left behind? Do you need to go through that process of coming to the Father and saying, I'm going to leave them behind because I'm marching on to your promised land. Your promised land is where you are leading me into the fullness of all the things that you have for me in life. And that's what I want. I don't want to bring these things with me because I know that they keep me from you. So I'm going to leave them behind so I can go where you go. Are there changes in your life that you need to make? Is there sin that you need to repent of? Because God will give you the strength to make these changes. And there may be things in your life where you think, I actually don't have the strength to let go of those things. They're things that I know that the Father doesn't want me holding on to, 
but I don't know if I can leave them behind, if I can let go of those things. And let's face it, some of those things have become your identity. Some of those things have shaped who you are. Some of those things have been around so long that you don't want to let go of them, even though you're aware that God doesn't want them in your life. And I'll tell you this too, some of those things, you are seeking to get out of those things what you should or what the Lord would like you to be going to Him for. That's what's happening here. So they are actually robbing you from what the Lord has for you, what you can find in Him. Is this too heavy? Yeah, okay. All right. Make sure you come back next week, okay? <laughs> but this is something that the Lord is stirring up in my heart, church. And it's because, it's because He is calling people and we're in a season in history where He is sifting, where He is testing people and He is calling them and seeing if they will follow Him. And my heart for Hope Community Church is that we'll be a people that don't hold back on this message that will say, we wanna give everything to the Lord. This is who we are. That in this place, we're gonna encourage one another to run wholeheartedly to the Lord, that we're gonna live consecrated. This is what we want. Have you ever thought about this? Like we come into this context to be encouraged, right? Now, I used to be a part of a, a gym and that's cool. But one of the great things about going to the gym is when someone encourages you, right? There's nothing better when someone like comes and they're like, damn, your biceps are just popping, <laughs> right? Hey, I'm just speaking it out. Every guy in the room knows it. <laughs> okay, uh, maybe it can be different too. If you, like if you complete a workout in a ripper time or something like that, or if you're lifting a heavy weight and someone just comes along and says, man, like that looks awesome, well done. You, you smash that, you've nailed that. There's this sense of encouragement, right? As God's people, we come together in this space to be encouraged. So after church today, we've got great coffee, some of the best baristas around uh, out there behind our coffee machine today. There's some great stuff set up there, shade. But what would it look like if we come into this setting and we don't actually encourage each other in the Lord? So we come together and we can talk like, how's your week? How's this going? How's that going? And that's good. Community is great. We want to build community. But what are we really here for? Like, what are we doing here in this house? We are encouraging one another to grow in the Lord. So part of our conversations and our encouragement should be, how are things going for you and the Lord? Where are you at right now? What's God been saying in your life recently? And then we encourage, man, I know I've seen this. Or, you know, someone's saying, I'm really struggling with this. I wanna pray for you and just bless you in Jesus' Name. Just like we've done this morning. We should leave this place today feeling like 20 people had just told us that our biceps look massive. Whatever the spiritual equivalent of that is, that's what we want here at Hope Community, right? That's what this place 
is about. And the Father is calling us as a church to be a people who run wholeheartedly. And some of that is going to look like this community context where blokes are getting together and they're saying, man, like I see this and I'm not so sure about that. And I want to encourage you, you can do this, like God's there for you. And people are opening up to each other and they're saying, like, I've actually really struggled about this. There's this tough relationship. I really don't like this person or whatever. I'm asking the Lord to help. Man, I want to pray for you because I know that that's what God wants to do in that situation as well. That's what this actually looks like, right? And so we talk about these things like consecration. And we realise that coming to the Father is not a one-time thing. It is not one point in time where we say, today, Lord, I surrender my life to You. You put Your hand up. It's a great moment. It's cool. We record the date and all those sort of things. But it's about waking up tomorrow and saying, Lord, once again, I'm surrendered. I'm Yours. Everything I have is Yours. My plans and purposes have now become Your plans and purposes. Show me Your heart. And then that actually gets into action to the point where you say, I want to live consecrated, Lord. I don't want anything coming between you and I. I want this relationship to be close. And so we keep short accounts with the Father. Lord, I see that there's been this sin in my life and I repent from that. I ask your forgiveness in that. In Jesus' Name. And the reason I see that and I don't want that is because I want to be close. And the Lord sees, the Lord sees our heart. And He doesn't want to impose these rules and regulations just to be a pain for us. He calls us in this way of living so that we can truly know Him. This is who He is. So when I think about these things, when I think about living consecrated, then I actually get excited because being in this position, being prepared, being ready to go when God says, I've got the next step for you, is exciting. That's where we go, all right, well, God, what does this look like? There is faith because Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do great things among you. I'm living in a place where I want to see those things. I remember um, back in 2014, we were one year old as a church. Uh, We were meeting on a basketball court down in Burpengary State School, Uh, It was an amazing season for us as a church. We were still uh, probably about 100 people, maybe just over. We'd had an amazing year. And this word came to us in that time. It was Ezekiel 37. It was a passage about the valley of the dry bones. And when I say this word came to us, um, several different people outside of our circle actually spoke this word, gave this word to us as an encouragement. And it came so many times that we realise God is getting our attention here. And so how many people know that when you get a word like that, and it might happen in this context today, it's not just like, hey, that was cool. It's like, Father, what do you require of me? He's put this in your hand. What are we actually required to do? And so I remember I was meeting with my pastor at the time and I said to him, I was telling him, 
wow, um, like things have been cool. God has spoken and He's given us this word, Ezekiel 37. And I remember telling him there's this key verse. It's this verse, verse 14. It says, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. And so we'd actually already started praying about this word, saying, God, what do you want us to do? You'd speak into us. And I was sharing this with my pastor and I said, you know, like there's this verse in particular, I'm not sure what God's asking us to do. It says, you know, then um, I will settle you in your own land. And I'm like, I don't know what this means. And my pastor says to me, Dan, I think, I think you need to start a land fund. I think God is telling you to prepare because He has a home for you in this community of Burpengary. And I looked at the word and I said, well, actually that makes sense, right? Uh, why didn't we work that out? And so we prayed some more as a community here and we stepped out in faith. We decided, yes, we're just going to step out in faith and we're going to see what God wants to do. And we launched a land fund. And as I said, we had, we had just over 100 people, like it was a pretty small group of people. And I want to tell you this, okay? This was the worst land fund campaign you've ever seen. There were no goals and there was no vision, all right? And so people were coming to me and they were saying like, Dan, this land fund, um, like, is there a piece of land in the community that we're looking at? I said, no. Nope. And they said, all right, so uh, like, what are we thinking? How much do we need? Have you got a goal for this? I have no idea. All right. Um, what are we thinking like God wants for us in this community? Is, are we going to build a building? Are we going to buy something? Are we looking for a shop front in the middle of the community? I have no idea. Okay. But God did this amazing thing and people started to give to this land fund. And in a short amount of time, I think it was about three months from memory, we were able to raise $130,000. Now, I, could, I never could have imagined that myself. We were amazed at that. And it was only a short amount of time that after that, that we had this $130,000 sitting there that we had no vision for. It was just our land fund campaign. And the Baptist Union of Queensland approached us and said, we've got this property, it's on the market, and we think you guys should actually try and put an offer in for this property. And as you know, here we are, we're sitting in it today. So we were able to make a deal with them, even when there were competing offers on this property. And God had a home for us in this community. But you know what? When I look back on that, I'm grateful for the $130,000. I'm grateful for what God did in that space. But I am so grateful that we had a team of people who were consecrated to the Lord. We had a team of godly people who were able to seek God's heart so that we could hear His voice and then step out in obedience with what God was calling us to. Now, I, we can't make stuff up, right? But I, I, I imagine like if we were not obedient in that space, I wonder where we'd be today. Maybe we'd still be back on that basketball court. I have no idea, right? But the fact is, that because there were people who were consecrated, they were positioned, ready to hear from the Lord 
so that when He said, I've got the next step for you, they said, we're ready to go. 2022 has been a funny year already, hasn't it? We came into 2022 and I don't know about you, but I was ready to say, I wanna leave that COVID stuff aside and we're just gonna start the year We're going to gather together. We're going to worship the Lord. The presence of the Lord is going to turn up every time we meet. He's just going to wipe everyone out. It's going to be amazing. Everyone's going to get healed. Everyone's going to get saved. Angels are going to manifest in our presence as we meet together. This is the year 2022. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I'm prophesying. And then COVID comes again, another year, and here we are. And maybe you feel like life is on hold once again. We're wearing masks, school's been delayed, people are working from home, and it's easy to think, we thought that maybe 2022 would be a year of action, but we're back in holding pattern once again. But I wanna encourage you today, that God has not changed. God's heart has not changed. He is still on the move. He is still doing great things. And even when things look different for churches and followers of Jesus, God can do more than we could ask or imagine. When we look through history, He's used these opportunities to do greater things. So we can actually have faith that God has great things for us this year. A pandemic will not hold the Father back. Amen. And 2022 can be the year that you and I actually step into the promises of God. That God says, consecrate yourself for tomorrow I will do great things. And that we're positioned to actually see the breakthrough that we've been waiting for. And I know there are people in this room and you've been waiting to see breakthrough in certain areas of your life. And for some people, it's been your marriage. You've been waiting for something to change there. You've been praying so long. You've been faithful in that space. For some people, it's been your health. You've been waiting for something to change there. For some people, I know it's your family or your children. You need something to change in those situations. For some people, it's financial breakthrough as we prayed this morning. For some people, it's your mental health. This is the year where you want to see breakthrough. And maybe it seems impossible. Maybe you've seen no breakthrough to date, but I want you to hear this, is that impossible is the breeding ground for faith. When we can't do it, when we can't control it, when we can't change it, that's a breeding ground for faith because we need the Father to do it. And God is saying, consecrate yourself for tomorrow I will do great things among you. Here in this place, outside of this place, in your marriage, in your school, in your workplace, the Lord wants to do great things. But here is this prophetic word is that He is calling us into this place of consecration. This place where our hearts are pure. This place where we say, Father, test me and see if there be any wicked way in me. I want to stand as close to You as possible. I love Your presence. I want to know You, Lord. I want to hear Your voice. I want to see You at work. I want some of those testimonies that I hear other people talk about 
to be my testimonies, Lord. I want to wake up knowing and believing that you are good, Heavenly Father. Now, you know what? For Israel, leaving Egypt seemed impossible. Pharaoh and the Egyptians were the superpower of the day. The Israelites, the Hebrews, they were the slaves. They were under Pharaoh's command. But God did it, right? Getting through the Red Sea, that seemed impossible. But God did it. And now here the Israelites are and they're standing before a river and they're on the wrong side of the river. And I love this. I love God's timing because we're about to read it in a moment. But God chooses the most interesting times to work. Let's jump back in to verse 14. It says, So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God, went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. So you might think, oh, you know, a good time to cross the Jordan would be when it's barely running, right? And we'll just jump over that little bit of water. But it says the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. The winter rains in that area pour down. There's snow on nearby mountains that melts and it comes down and the Jordan River bursts its banks. Okay. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water was flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. So God chose to work this miracle when it probably seemed to them at its most impossible. And the reason I'm pointing this out is because maybe there's something in your life right now and you think this is the most impossible point. And maybe this is the exact time or this year when God is going to bring your breakthrough, when He's going to lead you to the other side, when you're going to see Him do great and mighty things. It would be easy for us to make our human judgments of what 2022 is going to look like, right? It would be easy for us to be discouraged we are two Sundays in and I have not seen any dancing angels yet. Maybe it's not going to happen all year, right? But I'm faith-filled. And this is not just pastor talk. I am faith-filled that in 2022, we're going to see God do great and mighty things 
here at Hope Community Church. I'm faith-filled that 2022 is not a year of wandering in the desert, but it's a year of stepping into the promised things of God, to His fullness, to His goodness. I'm faith-filled that as we consecrate ourselves, that we will stand back and watch as the Lord does great and mighty things among us. And that's not just for the people in this room. That's for people who are joining us online. You know, we've got people in our community who join us online who don't step foot in this room. There's been people I've bumped into who I had no idea joined with us online. And they've said, oh, we're with you every Sunday. Like Hope Community is our family. God can do great things both here in this community and outside of this place. And it's for you and it's for I as well. It's not a year of wandering, it's a year of moving forward. It's a year of seeing God's leading and being obedient, being strong and courageous as we step into what God has. It's a year of seeing God's supernatural power reveal His goodness to us. Some of the people that we prayed for for financial provision this morning, it's gonna be supernatural. The Lord is just going to bless you in ways that you couldn't have actually worked out how those funds were going to come to you. This is who God is. And so today, my encouragement, I feel like I'm standing here as this prophetic voice today. My encouragement to you is to say, can we just consecrate ourselves? Can we leave some stuff on this side of the river and cross the river into the fullness of what God has? And for some of you, I just wanna encourage you, you've been carrying some stuff for years and years and the Lord is saying, it's time for consecration. It's time for this to change. And can we stir each other up? I want hope community, I dream. I dream of Hope Community being this place where every single person just leaves filled up. Can you imagine that? Where church is enjoyed and not endured. Driving out the driveway and just thinking, well, that's another church day done. What about when you're driving out of the driveway and you're bursting? Someone's just prayed over you and you're just, you, you're so stoked. You can't wait to see what God's gonna do in that situation now. When you came in discouraged and you're leaving with courage. When you came in feeling alone, but now you're leaving feeling like you've got a community who care about you and they're with you. That's what I dream of this place being. And it can be. God's got that and so much more this year. I'm gonna get the team up. And we're just going to pray. Um, one thing that we are going to do this morning, and I don't know how many people are going to be interested in doing this, but uh, I'm going to get a few people down here, some of our team, and they are going to pray for people this morning and they're going to anoint people with oil. And um, maybe if you're new to church or, or even just anointing with oil might be something new that you haven't experienced before. And I just want to tell you what that's all about, particularly in the Old Testament, when we see things being anointed with oil, it was a command to set them apart. That people, that um, objects even, were anointed with oil 
And it was a symbol of them being set apart and made holy for the things of God. There's a prophetic action as well, as well where kings were anointed with oil. Even into the New Testament, we see this beautiful picture of honour when people were anointed with oil. They, they would come into a guest's house and they would actually pour oil over their head. And it was an act of honouring that person and welcoming that person. And so I'm gonna have some people here and they're gonna be ready just to pray for you and anoint you with oil this morning. And don't get me wrong, it's an outward action. But so often, outward actions actually are a big part of the decisions that we make in our heart. And so this morning, there's some of you and you're here and you're saying, God, I wanna be full of faith. I wanna step into consecration. I wanna be close to you. And I wanna encourage you, come and be anointed with oil this morning as a marker of you saying, Father, I am set apart for your plans and purposes. So can we jump on our feet? I'm gonna pray. We're singing a song. We've got a song to sing. So Father, this morning, I just pray grace. Grace in this house this morning, Father, that we could approach Your throne of grace with confidence, Heavenly Father. For some people, this is gonna be big stuff. For other people, it's smaller stuff. Lord, for some, it's big changes. For others, it's just a refresh, uh, a recommitment. Another moment where they say, yes, Lord, I'm surrendered to You. And so Holy Spirit, we just pray a grace over this room, a grace over those who are joining us online, that we might be a people who can be drawn to You, Lord, drawn to You in a way that it actually transforms the way that we live, Heavenly Father. Holy Spirit, right now, I pray that You stir up a discontent with some of the things that are in our life that are holding us back. You're so gentle in the way that You do that. Holy Spirit, come now, reveal those things to us. Stir us up so that things that maybe we've put up with, today we decide no longer. We're leaving them behind. It stops here. And Heavenly Father, we just thank You for Your grace. As we come in this place, Lord, we thank You for Jesus, Your one and only Son. We thank You for Your incredible love for us, Lord. We thank You for Your heart that You long for us to come to You more and more that You long for us to know You, Father. You long for us to step into everything that You have for us, every good thing, Father. You long to pour out blessing on our lives, Heavenly Father. And so we just thank You in Jesus' Name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.